everybody. Welcome to the long gestating Q&A podcast here on the Coastline Covenant podcast. We are really excited to answer some of your questions and I kind of figured this was going to happen, but this ended up being a two-part episode because you guys sent in so many great questions. And so this week we have kind of the fun, light ones. We get into art and movies and books and stuff like that. Talk about um, all that fun stuff, things that we enjoy consuming, food, coffee, all those things. And the next week's episode is a little more theologically dense, talking about ministry, talking about what we would be doing if we weren't in ministry, talking about Chuck E. Cheese, which I'm really embarrassed about because it seems to always come up in my life. And then uh, next week's episode, Garrick and Sean talk a lot about the covenant denomination. So that's really interesting. So make sure you listen to this week and next week. And next week, we will announce the winner of all of the books that we have mentioned on the podcast, Delighting in the Trinity, The Deep Things of God, Phoebe, and Tim Morey's book, Planting a Church Without Losing Your Soul. So thanks for listening to the Coastline Covenant podcast. Thank you for all your questions, and we will see you next week and every week after that. Hello and welcome to the Coastline Covenant podcast. This has been an episode that I've wanted to do since we started, which is a Q&A episode where people from the community can ask questions and then we will answer them. So we had, I'd probably say like 50 questions, three of them good, and no, I'm kidding, but we had a lot of like really deep questions and a lot of like fun questions. So I tried to grab a good diverse amount of questions for the podcast. So with me, I have Rochelle, Garrick, and Sean. Michael is still out on maternity leave. Maybe Sequoia. Pa- paternity leave. Paternity leave. Yeah. But maybe Sequoia could be a guest at some point. That would be so fun. Yeah. He's so cute. Or we could have, I mean, Mylan and Lennon would be an all-time podcast. Oh, that would be the most listened to pod. We should do that. Just actually, give them their own. Yes, <laughs> we'll, they're going to take over ours. I mean, just oh, give them their own coastline. Idea. Barker Child. We have oh, to make it happen. Like a side podcast in the the Coastline Covenant Podcast Network. Honestly, people aren't ready for it. No, like they people, would not be able to handle. People that. are not ready It'd be for incredible. it. Incredible. Anyway. Okay. You know, no. It's it's just so the four of us are here answering questions, and at the end of the episode, maybe the second episode, we'll see how many we can get through. We might have to do a part two. Um, We'll give away some books, which I'm really Mm -hmm. excited about. We have a way to randomize and do that. But before we do that, my first question that's not on here is, how do you guys generally go about answering questions in your life? Like any questions about anything? Like if you were waking up in the morning and it was like, huh, I want to tackle a particular home project. Where, what, how do you start to answer that question? Is it like going to my <laughs> friends and asking them what's going on? Or is it like, I'm going to Google it or I'm going to read a book? Like, what, what are the modes by which you answer questions? I think for me, it depends. If it's like super practical, like a how-to, like I go to, go to YouTube, yeah. grab a little video. Mm-hmm. If it's like how to fix something in the house, if it's more like an in-depth question, I think it starts with a conversation uh, with my wife yeah, and the two of us start like talking about something yeah, and that's kind of where it starts. And then from there it usually begins to like, Oh, this podcast or maybe this book and kind of begins the exploration of like added resource to that question. Mm-hmm. That's good. If I don't see the answer instantly of what I want to do, then Melinda has to hear about it all. And it doesn't <laughs> matter like if she has any area of expertise, like currently I've been looking at buying a wetsuit vest and Melinda has no expertise in, in that or what yeah. I should get. But nonetheless, it is in talking to her about it that I'm able to kind of some, get some catalyst in my own thoughts. So she has to hear about everything that I can't figure out. Yeah. Rochelle? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm you know, fairly... Yeah, If I my gut reaction 
to things. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. You I'm don't not answer sure. questions is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I do. I guess. I don't know. I guess I just do some research, yeah. process it internally. There you go. Hunter, I'm I guessing I you have. have a, I don't have a wife to process with. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm guessing you have an answer on this one. Oh, I just Google everything. I mean, yeah. I will Google everything from like how to cut an onion the best way to like oh. directions across this town yeah. to like I mean very small mundane nothings to like the grandest questions I could ask. Like, how am I going to mount this TV in like in the same day? Mm-hmm. Chopping chili. Peppers. I just wing it and cut the onion. But you're probably doing it wrong. And why would you want to do something wrong when you could do something right? And the difference between doing something right and wrong is Google. This this leads me to my question. <laughs> Keep for talking you, to the microphone. Thank if, you. If I have to, um, <laughs> do you find yourself researching not just like how to answer the question, but wanting to know the best answer yes. to the question? Yes, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I've I've because I think most of us wouldn't be like the best way to cut an onion. It truly it truly keeps me up at night if I could do something better. Wow. Like I think about this, we're getting so wildly off right now. And I know you have a hard one ten, so I wanna I wanna honor your time. But Sean gave me a turkey recipe to make a turkey. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't think I slept the night before because I just wanted to make sure I did it right. Yeah, and you didn't. Remember I did that? it right. No, oh, I broke no, your you thermometer. Submerged the thermometer yeah, underwater. Thermometer. Yeah, for twelve to Totally forgetting hours. how electricity works. Yeah, because the turkey the turkey was the main thing. Yeah, Who cares after about all of that work? Electronics. You still did it wrong. I still did it wrong. Well, speaking of wrong. <laughs> These people all ask great questions that we can't really get wrong. They're more of our opinions. <laughs> They're more of our thoughts on things, which I'm really excited about. And so here's how this is going to work. I will read the question, and then we can just dialogue the answer. And then when we're done, we can just move on. If you submitted a question, I'm sorry I did not take down who submitted which question, but you know in your heart which one yours was. Or a multiple. We have a couple repeat offenders here. So the first question, starting light, you know, we're doing church at night now. So the question was, have your eating habits changed due to the service time? Like, when do you eat dinner? Which is a great question. I don't eat until I get home at like 8.30 or 9. Wow. You power through. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I'm three dinners. Really? Yes. Yeah, so you have three, three dinners, dinners every Basically. Sunday? Before, That's kind of what it works out. Yeah. So what ends up happening <laughs> is, that, is that I find if I don't eat before I teach, I'm brain dead. Right. Or okay. if I eat too big of a meal... I'm brain dead. So I'll have a small meal before. I'll have like a granola bar in the middle. And then usually in the evenings, someone just crock-potted something. Okay, a granola bar is a snack, though. Yeah, you're not Sometimes it's not just a granola bar, though. (laughs) Sometimes it was a casserole last week. Melinda sent me with a casserole. But but Andrew and Janine teach. You don't have to worry about. Two weeks ago, whatever it was. Wait, so if someone else is teaching, what do you eat? Do you just gorge I, yourself? Then? Yeah, right. <laughs> Generally, like that. That's a really Are good we question. Are going to find Sean hiding in the corner of the like yeah. the church? I know. Mowing right? some food. That's a totally different question. If I'm not eating, then I usually. If I'm not teaching, then I just kind of skip. I, I pull a full Rochelle. I can just wait till afterwards. That, so it's feast or famine with you. It sounds. That's like. really how it is in most parts of my life. <laughs> feast or famine. Uh, for me, I every single week we've had coastline, which is like eight or nine now. I've just literally told Colin, please go to Arby's for me. I say to Colin or Liam, please go to Arby's in for me. In the broad spectrum of food options that exist in the Riviera, Arby's is one step above like dragging your hand through the gutters. Going and to the AM, PM and getting yourself. sushi. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't ever want to go to Arby's. It's just you could literally throw a baseball at it from St. Andrews. So I'm like, go to Arby's. We have like I would 20 rather minutes. eat the baseball. Okay. It is that bad. Anyway, 
Um, this week, Megan went to Trader Joe's and got me a turkey club wrap from Trader Joe's, and it really changed my life. It was <laughs> super good. Nice. <laughs> Doesn't take much. So that's 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 a good question. And now I think we're inviting congregants to bring us food in between services. Well, like well, the Dela first Pena's. shout out to the De La Peñas. Nope. Yes. Because they, they make some food and mm-hmm. stash it downstairs for those that are doing two services. Yeah. Not every week, but on a lot of weeks. And, they and have that this is extremely, extremely helpful. This like pesto Actually, thing. Michael the pes- and the band. I was going to say It's the been such a blessing. Yeah. So I found, uh, I think I found my new rhythm the last two weeks. And I don't eat, I eat a, I eat a snack before. So you come in at like 2.33 and then I Very specific time, 2.33. Well, you know, don't eat till after. And then just LBJ. Oh. On the way home? On the way home. With cash? On the way home, with cash, pick nice. it up. Uh, stuff for myself and the whole fam. What's the LBJ order? Um, for us, it is the special C. Okay. With uh, two chicken tacos. Oh. And that feeds. That sounds good. That feeds uh, most of my fam. Four. What's Ruby getting on a Sunday? Um, dog food <laughs> and and leftover chips, which I found out yesterday might make you sad because if you don't guy. know, Hunter is a big chip guy. I love to get this. And they always give you way too many tortilla chips. So I actually did give my dog one of them the other day, and it was kind of fun to watch her eat, like, try to eat the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, let's keep with the food idea. Um, what is your go-to coffee order? Start with you, Garrick. What's your go-to coffee order? Vanilla latte, without a doubt. Most of the time hot, sometimes cold. Wow. Done. Done. <laughs> Sean, what about you? Uh, black coffee, as Boo. burned as you can get it. Yeah. Dude, Sandy Beach. Just terrible. So intense. It doesn't matter to me. I don't. I can't tell the difference between good and bad coffee. Wow. Yeah, just because be nice. you're drinking it black. Give me some U-Ban. You might as well just drink tar. U-Ban, Folgers, <laughs> wow. Nescafe. Somewhere. Doesn't matter. <laughs> there's some corner of Hunter's heart right now that's dying. No, it's fine. Hunter, your it's order? Fine. Oh, I mean... I, I am like you in the sense I only drink black coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the bean and cheese burrito test. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to a Mexican restaurant for the first time and you want to like kind of size them up, mm-hmm. you order the bean and cheese burrito. And you know, if that's like good, okay, I can probably trust everything on the menu here. If they can do the basics right. So go to a coffee shop, get a black coffee, and then I can make my decision based on how that tastes. So I do black coffee, but I would I, I, cold brew is like the most decadent thing in my life. I, I love a good cold brew. I am very similar. If they can't get an iced vanilla latte right, it's done. I'm <laughs> dead to me. You're dead to me. Um, I am actually a huge fan of Corridor Flow makes an Shout ube. Out. Yeah, an ube latte. So ube is it tastes similar to vanilla, kind of, um, but it's a like a purple sweet potato. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You it's, get potato coffee. Okay. It's so good. That's not. You have to under. Okay. No. I'm. No. Maybe this episode will be called "You Get Potato Coffee." (laughs) I think you just titled it for me. Yeah. Now now I have to have potato coffee. But I will say, Boy and the Bear is still the best. Top tier. Top tier. -tier South Bay coffee. Top tier. Shout out to Hi Fi and Boy and the Bear as per. Oh, Hi Fi is also good. Hi Fi and Boy and the Bear. Um, so now in between services, people can get us coffee and food. You can skip Boy and the Bear for Garrick and I. We're good. <laughs> yes. We don't need it. Garrick, you said you liked it. I said it was okay. <sighs> That's frustrating. I'm ru- I'm I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, I'm All sorry. Right. <laughs> let's let's transition away from food, unfortunately, and start getting into more of uh, media things. We got a lot of questions about uh, things that we consume that 
are beneficial and, you know, give our life some pizzazz and some color. And so the first question, uh, we'd love for Rochelle to kind of dialogue with this one. Someone asked, what are some good resources for family devotional time with toddlers? Yes. Um, so I think one of the things adding reading to the bedtime routine um, is a really practical thing that you can do to add devotion time to your daily daily rhythm as a family. Um, I think there's a couple of companies that have really good resources. Um, I would say resource for parents, um, parentq.com um, has like podcasts and like tons and tons of episodes, tons of books that are um, that they sell on their website um, that are helpful. Um, the other one is tiny theologians. Um, they make really good, like flashcards for kids. Um, it's a little bit more, I guess, I don't know. In, if you are an intellectual parent and you want your child to be an intellectual, um, it's, that's some, some key concepts and words that kind of help promote them understanding, um, scripture as they are learning things. Um, I really like the name Tiny Theologians. Yes. That's a really yes. great Yes, if you're name. trying to raise some tiny theologians. <laughs> um, and then, but honestly, Jesus Storybook Bible, mm -hmm. go through a story a night. I think there will be a lot of good, fruitful conversation that comes out of that. Um, I have a long list of kids' picture books. Oh. Um, so maybe I'll post. Put them in the show notes. Sh yes, show notes. Um because I don't know that I want to give you a, a giant, giant list of books, but I have a ton, we can a totally, ton of books. We can totally put so. them in the show notes. That's awesome. And Sean, you have a couple here too. Yeah, you know, uh, I asked Melinda, since she she has a little more of a passion for this than I do, uh, but she had a few of them. Um, one of them was Doodle Prayers, which she did like as a video for Coastline in yeah, the yeah, early yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Doodle Prayers that. is good uh, for young kids. Uh, Love Does for Kids was incredible mm. for yeah, Chapman. Uh, during kind of his elementary years. So that was really good. And she also recommended a book called, or I think it's actually, uh, it's like a publishing company, or maybe it's an even an Instagram. I'm going to get this wrong. But it's by Winter Pitts for Girls Like You. She has loved that for Piper. Winter Pitts. Winter Pitts. I, yeah, W-Y-N-T-E-R, Winter Pitts. No relation to Brad? Related to Priscilla Shire. Really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Garrick, what about you? Do you have anything to add to this category? Because I certainly don't. No. <laughs> nah. Related to Brad Pitts. That's, took thank me a second. You. Thank you. Like thank it. you. Wow, thank you. Appreciate that. Brad and his, <laughs> Brad and his second cousin, Winter. Uh, that's funny. All right, so another one about books was just, a we had a couple people do this, uh, ask for book recommendations. So, you know, theology, nonfiction, fiction. Uh, so I, I'll start this one. I, I read a lot. The last book I read kind of pertaining to like church theology world is a book called Jesus and John Wayne, which is garnering a lot of uh, press in the Christian world right now. Uh, it's really, really interesting read, historical, theological, really, really, really liked it. So I recommend that one a lot. Uh, nonfiction. Just if you like John Wayne, you might not like this book as yeah. much yeah. as the yeah. title <laughs> might lead yeah. you to believe. When I posted on Instagram that I had read it, people were like, oh, my so-and-so loves John Wayne. And I was like, Yeah. They probably that's, shouldn't that's read this not, book. That's not the place. That's not, not the point. So, not the one for you. Um, yeah, that's a really good book. And I really love Malcolm Gladwell. 
mm-hmm. for nonfiction. So Outliers and, you know, th- that book, I think, had a profound impact on me. And I also love reading books about things I don't really know anything about and just, like, learning about them. Mm-hmm. Like, I just read a book about rowing, which I really liked about Olympic rowing. Boys on the Boat is, like, a very popular book, but it had a lot to do with rowing, which was cool. Uh, and then my favorite fiction book is a book called The Hearts of Men about um, a Boy Scout. It's a beautiful story about masculinity and Boy Scouts. Yeah, so that's mine. What about you, Garrick? What are some book recommendations you have for the people? Um, uh, let's start just kind of fun fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love John Krakauer and oh. his ability to research. Uh, so Into Thin Air, I feel, is like a must-read for everybody. Yeah, it's a good book. Um, although it's not a happy story. No. Um, it is intriguing, and I remember reading it, and I've it's probably one of the few books that I've reread. Mm-hmm. So I find that pretty engaging. Um, on vacation, I tend to read a lot of John Grisham books. Um, I don't know, sucker for like lawyer story, maybe. What's your favorite Grisham? Oh, I know you're going to ask me that. Pelican Brief. Pelican Brief. Yeah. Rainmaker. Yeah. Question. Yeah, but is it better than, is it better than uh, the Time to Kill? The Client? The Client's good. Yeah. I I've think never read any of these books. Pel- Pelican Brief rocks. Yeah. It, it is really good. good. Anyway. It is good. Um, and then um, moving away from that, um, I I would say there, there are a couple that have been instrumental for me through the last couple of years. There's things that I'm reading right now. Um, we encourage people to read with us um, this Invitational Life, which I'm about two thirds of the way through, and it's just really great. Mm-hmm. I'd encourage it to everybody. It's it's definitely worth reading. Um, it's easy and it's a fairly quick read, but I think it's meaningful. Um, the other one, I have Sean's copy of A Church Called Tove mm-hmm. um, that I'm mm-hmm. about halfway through and really enjoying that. And that's just a, a kind of an idea of uh, how do you get church culture right mm-hmm. and why do we have so much toxicity in our current church cultures? Um, and so obviously with all that's going on with the Mars Hills podcast um, and kind of the you know place we find ourselves uh, doing ministry, like it's just important. Yeah. So I, w- I would encourage that. And then um, one that I always love is emotionally healthy spirituality. Um, so I think I've referenced yeah. that before, but I'm just a big proponent of um, heart awareness being part of our discipleship. Nice. I love that. I've read several of those books. I recommend them yeah. all yeah. fully. Sean, what about you? Yeah. So uh, in the past year, I spent a lot of time in fiction, mainly because I was looking to escape my own life and enter into somebody else's. <laughs> Were you a bard? So yeah, did like you spend, a lot. Did you spend 2020 being a bard? Dude, I, the mm. last book series I read, the main character was a dwarf who rode a wolf. <laughs> so... Uh, that's okay. kind of where I've no, lived. No judgment. No, no. no judgment. I'm not judging. No, no, I'm enjoying. No, I just want no. you to know I'm I'm proud. A lot of, of judgment from me. I'm proud of that. <laughs> the name of the series Mucho. was Sorrow, Memory, and Thorn, which is about three different swords that need to be found on the planet. Wow. Uh, Wait, dude, which you planet? Into well, Austinard is the name of the land. <laughs> Austinard. Um, so anyway, there, there's two trilogies written in that and then two little prequels written about that. Anyway, favorite book of all time is The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Great book. Which I read in one sitting. I sat down and I did not get up for the entire day until I finished it. It destroyed me. I loved it. Uh, currently reading... Fiction, nonfiction. The I Road is fiction. Fiction. It's about an apocalyptic world. Uh, and there's a father and son traveling through it and him trying to just raise his kid in this world where nuclear warfare has happened. Wow. It's, it's intensely sad. And I think that w- post-apocalyptic literature is like very popular. And yeah. there's like a very 
it's cliche. Like mm-hmm. it's riddled with cliches, but the road transcends all of them. Yeah. It's just the way that it's written in particular is beautiful. Yeah, it is the best thing I've ever read in my life. It's a good book. Uh, currently reading Dune. Love Dune. Which is good. Loving Dune. That is deep nerdy. Uh, and if there's something that you want to read that doesn't involve dwarves or wolves or swords or sand or planets. sandworms, <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed reading uh, The Courage to Stand by Russell Moore this year. Uh, which is just about mm. courage and about the life of Elijah. And when you look at his life and Russell Moore's life, what he went through this year, uh, it was a really poignant, mm-hmm. solid read. I think any of you coastliners, if you read it, would be really um, cool. sharpened. It's very good. Courage to stand. Love it. Last but not least. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I'm not... Uh, well. The thing with Honestly, fiction, this is the Coastline podcast. I this know, is the space to I be know. honest. Gotta be vulnerable. No, um, no, I'm not a huge reader. I mean, I am. But what has happened in my life is that when I get into a book I really like, every other obligation I have completely falls away. And I don't do basic things that I need to do as an adult um, until I'm done with the book. So um, I've sort of set those things aside for a minute. But um, and recently, I think I I read Jesus and John Wayne um, and uh, also fin- just finished um, The Making of Biblical Womanhood. I don't remember that. Something Barr. Allison Barr, I think. Yep. Um, and... Uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I have a lot of things I read. I like audio books. So I listen oh, yeah. to books on uh, using audible mm-hmm. is, is a big one for me. Cause I, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's good. So that, that's, that's it. If you're a big reader and this is, I don't get any pay from the Redondo beach public library, although I should, or Torrance library, they all have apps now. And you can sign up using your library card and you make like a password and then you can get like free audiobooks, free eBooks. So like, you don't even need to have an Audible account anymore to just get great audiobooks. So, so you're saying I should uh, cancel my subscription? Saying, save your money and buy okay. more coffee. Save my $8 or your $8 whatever. $8 or whatever. Yeah, that's good. I'll get you one and a half cups of coffee at Boy and the Bear. $8. Uh, if that. Just try if that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe just the one. Um, all right. So this is a good question. I really like this one. Films slash art that make you feel close to God. So not necessarily like your favorite movies or your favorite like art things, but like things that kind of make you feel closer to God uh, and they're not necessarily scriptural or like fireproof or something. So Garrick, what about you? Fireproof. (laughs) It's the only Christian movie I can think of. How come you make the one that has to think the most start? Left what's, behind what's with Kirk Cameron. Hunter? That what, one? What'd you um, Left behind with Kirk Cameron? Yeah, that one. Right. Kirk Cameron's in Fireproof as well, by the way. <laughs> Is that the sequel to Left Behind? It's a prequel, actually. <laughs> prequel, That was a really good joke. We're <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> just buying you time, Garrick, to Thank you. <laughs> that joke was incredible. John and I can do 10 minutes on oh. Fireproof. So. Yeah, you want to do 10 minutes on Fireproof? Um, things that I love. Uh, as far as uh, films, um, my all, one of my all-time favorites is about a boy, so and good. I love that film. And I think it's because at the end of the day, its message is your community can be bizarre and look very eclectic, but it gets to the heart of the human human's need for community. Yeah, and how mm-hmm. it to me it just even goes back not to you know make everything about theology, but God lives in community. We were created for it. We fight against it. 
and yet we desperately need it. Yeah. And I just love that story of like trying to find community and then it kind of working out with people that you wouldn't expect to be community. So there's mm-hmm. something significant in that movie for me that I always just really feel um, moved. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. That's really, really yeah. great. Uh, you also have here Miracle. Yeah. Miracle's awesome. I think <laughs> it's just it's just a feel-good movie. You know, if you don't yeah. know anything about it, it's about the uh, American uh, hockey team, uh, 1980, right? And uh, just huge underdogs, and uh, they're not supposed to win, and I don't want to spoil it, but they might. And just cool movie. They might really, win. They might win. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> We're showing those. I didn't do a great job. Uh, not spoiler alert. But well, I mean, if, if you they, have, if, I mean, if you don't know by now, it'd come be on. A bummer if they didn't. Yeah, win. If they didn't, <laughs> the name of its miracle. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's a Disney movie but about I, sports. I there's like, called a, tragedy. There's an aspect to it where they get into the individual players and their character. And again, there's this theme that I see that I think always I will gravitate toward that I think is really important for the church. And Mm. there's a huge scene in the movie that's probably like the pinnacle of the movie where the coach is trying to get them to understand the name on the front of their jersey is more important than the name on the back. So like being a team together is more important than individual glory. And so I think that uh, has a lot to do for any organization and even in the church. So, yeah, Uh, two movies I love. Name on the front is more important than the one on the back. Yeah. I love that. That's really good. Yeah. Rochelle, what about you? Um... (laughs) I have a real, I don't know. I'm not a huge, like, art right. person. Um, so I have a hard time seeing, like, TV or enter- as much more than entertainment. Okay. It feels more like a just escapism mm-hmm. to me. Um, so I don't know. I think I, we could do a whole sub- Pod or another episode on like finding the theological and spiritual message in movies like that. Or no, because here's the thing: I was going to tell you, if you don't put an infinity stone <laughs> or have a talking tree <laughs> or a robotic raccoon in it, I am not going to see your movie. That oh. is what I need to see. Wait a second. Yes, I just thought about this. You got a There's movie. one movie that <laughs> makes me sob. And it's the cheesiest thing in the whole world. But when I saw uh, Chronicles of Narnia, the the third one, Caspian, no, the Dawn Treader, Treader. Mm-hmm. a blubbering mess. I was a blubbering mess, and I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but it was, <laughs> you know, he he's a dragon turns. I couldn't do it by myself. I needed Aslan to help me. Oh man, there you go. Yeah. How about you, Sean? For me, rather than movies, I'm I'm way more into art as like canvas paint. Love that. Yeah. Um, that's far more meaningful to me than a movie. Uh, and music, music for me, it's specifically like improvisational music. When you're watching people play on stage and they've kind of left the script and they're playing together, jazz stuff like that. That is, you get these moments where I think like of, where I feel like a sense of transcendence, yes. of creativity happening right in front of you, and you're watching it happen, and it's a yeah. it's a little bit of a high wire act where they can very easily <laughs> crash, and it happens sometimes. Yeah, the game to watch it happen is just that's the moments where I think that spark of creativity that humanity has as God given, you get to see it really alive in those moments. Mm. Hey, we we used to do um, pageant in December. 
what did what would we call it? Art of worship. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be an interesting story. It's been it's been for, a minute, huh? For the coastliners to hear how that came about. Yeah. Like to hear a little bit of your story of when we travel back yeah. to Chicago yeah. for the, the pastors gathering in, in the covenant. Sure. I, I think that'd just be a, a quick, interesting one or two minute story. Yeah. Okay. So um that's cool. So we're we go to a conference almost it's probably every other year we yeah. go in Chicago. Um and it's in January, so it's freezing cold. And it's usually seven, a seven-day conference. And so, you know, any kind of long conference, you phase out of your interest. And so one day I just bailed on it. I went to the Chicago Art Institute because, again, I love painting. And I went there by myself. And I just put headphones in and listened to worship music as I went through it. And uh, I had this moment where I came around the corner and they had a floor-to-ceiling painting of Christ on the cross. Uh, and the painting has to be... 30 feet. It's just huge. Just the immense, the size of this thing is incredible. It's Christ on the cross, but it's set all against black. Um, so it's a black background, Christ on the cross. And as I came around the corner, the music I was listening to was, this is years ago, is Gunger. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. opening song was Let There Be Light. And I was listening to the song, Let There Be Light, Christ on the cross, and reflecting on John 1, that he is the light of the world who's come in into darkness. And I just had this moment of power of seeing how music and art uh, could connect in a way to move. And I was reflecting just on what Paget did with classical yeah. music. And I thought, there's a way that we can do this where instead of seeing the congregation as audience, see them as worshipers and participants, that could kind of saw what could happen in that moment. And mm-hmm. I thought, I want to do that. I want to rethink pageant and for a modern audience. And it was incredibly fun to do. I loved it so much. Yeah. Such an incredibly great chapter. Yeah. I just think that's a powerful story. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I wanted you to share it in part because it's a, it's a fantastic story, but it's also the other side of you. Like you'll talk mm. a lot about like talking trees and bards and, <laughs> you know, mystical, crazy, you know, yeah. comic book stuff. And yet there's also a side of you that's, I think, deeply moved by, you know, um, I don't know what to call it, more refined art Beauty. or yeah. high yeah. art. Yeah. High art. Thank you, Hunter. Sure. Like, high and, art. And honestly, yeah. like my daughter and I go to a museum and we take the rest of the family. We are running hand in hand, look at it, looking at each painting. And the rest of the family's like, this is the worst thing ever. But yeah. Piper and I yeah. love it. Yeah. It's just the best. Yeah. Every That's year I go to Chicago with you and I would never go there. I have yeah. no interest whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. What do you do in Chicago? Uh, what do I do in Chicago? I try to talk these guys out of like taking five mile walks in the snow getting in trouble for sure oh, yeah that sounds so fun yeah i try to connect with a lot of people and hang out yeah one other thing that i want to add if i can circle back around please um, because the topic brought it to my mind if you haven't read windows of the soul by ken geyer mm-hmm. it's worth a read that's good um and and the theme of it is hearing god in everyday moments oh, I love and he that. opens up with rembrandt's um prodigal son mm-hmm. and just how powerful to sit in front of that art piece yeah. was to understand um, the biblical imagery and picture that that Jesus is telling um, and the significance of it. So if you're like me and you're not necessarily in or moved by high art, like there's another way. I think that's a great resource to connect to it. And I would also say Divine Commodity by Sky Jathani yep. is where he combines the telling of the gospel story and how we structure churches with Van Gogh's art. And at hmm. times it feels a little bit like a reach, but there's moments that are really, really powerful. So if yeah. you are, if you are a person who are into the arts, Divine Commodity by Sky Jathani, I'd also recommend. Yeah, yeah. I'm halfway through that one right now. It's good, it's, right? It's really yeah, good. It's yeah, totally good. 
I had to like put it down for a second because it was too. It, there was just a lot of things. I was, it was like too good. It yeah. was too good. It was like yeah. I need to sit and think on the That's first, good. you know, quarter of that is first it, before. Is it better than with? It is better than with. Really? Yeah. This I is, love with. Yeah, with is good. Yeah. With is good. And and also, I mean, Sky Jathani just has a great podcast, too. We'll yeah. get to that. We're going to yeah. talk about that. We'll get that. to that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good we'll one. We'll get to that. And for, so since you all asked me, uh, mine is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not anything. Hey, like Hunter. It. Yeah. <laughs> Someone so what, already what, asked. So uh, for you. Someone already asked. I think the most spiritual movie I've ever seen is the movie Arrival. Um, with this concept of time huh. of saying like, if you knew how your life was going to go, would you still live it the same way? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to spoil arrival, but you know, it's kind of her talking about having a daughter and saying like the relationship that she has with her daughter was so much more worth it than the pain that maybe separation would cause later, even though she knew the separation was going to happen. And that's kind of the deal we all take when we get into relationship with people, right? Like no relationship lasts forever. You know, there, there is death and there's loss and there's things that get severed. And so in the film arrival, they kind of ask the question, like what makes relationships worth having? Um, and the answer is time, which I think is just really, really, really profound. Uh, and I see that picture all throughout the Bible of just with one another is better than being separated from one another. So Arrival is, I think, the most spiritual movie. Did you understand it the first time you saw it? Yeah, because I read the short story it was oh, based on. Okay. Which, and they're very different, but like kind of the turn of the yeah. movie is exactly like it is in the, um, the short story. Yeah. Short just- story is called The History of Your Life the entire history, the entire story of your life, something like that. And then they mm-hmm. changed a lot of it to be called Arrival. But um, I love that. And then the song for Wait, me. If you went and, and started reading a short story called The Story of Your Life and found out it was later about space squids, <laughs> you would really be surprised by that. Well, yeah. I mean, you're reading this book, this short story, and I have I have it if anybody ever wants to borrow it. You're reading this story, and it's like, if it starts at very, because if you've seen the movie Arrival, you know, like, it's she's a linguist. Mm-hmm. And the movie, the book starts with like linguistic things, and you're like, okay, what's happening? And then it's like, I got a call from the <laughs> government to go talk to these aliens. You're like, Space wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Anyway, and for me, Sean, the song is uh, "Your Hand in Mine" by Explosions in the Sky. Sure, yeah. That song makes yeah. me feel like I'm right there. Yeah, ex- Explosions right in there. the Sky is also you. You should listen to it on Spotify. That's a great band. They're great. They're, They're awesome. Great. Instrumental. Yeah, really All right. So band. last question for part one. I feel really bad for anybody who's listened to this, hoping that we get into some like deep theological truths. This was the fun one. And next yep. next week will be a little bit more dense. Uh, but I, I wonder, and this is what someone's question was. I'm really excited about this one. We, this is it verbatim. We listen to you every week and get our spiritual food from your sermons. Obviously, talking about me. Who do you listen to? So, so what are some things that we listen to for spiritual food? So um, I've really, really loved over the last two or three years getting a little bit deeper into Christian Twitter. Um, and Twitter could probably be anything you want it to be, right? Because yeah. of who you follow and who you don't follow, how deeply you engage. It can be a pretty awful place. But <laughs> um, the stuff that Ray Ortland has done there, um, the things that Beth Moore has done on there yes. has been... Uh, incredibly sharpening and thought-provoking and important. Um, and I frequently will check in on Twitter in the morning and will go to Melinda and say, you, you just have to hear this, this incredible thought that then spins me forward in terms of my own thoughts and my relationship with God. So I've found it to be a great place to tune my own thinking and sharpen it by some of the best people out there. So I've, right. I've really loved that. 
Christian Twitter. I love that. How about you, Pastor Garrick? Um, you know, it's interesting. I felt like earlier in my ministry, I listened to other preachers yeah. and teachers. Um, I find that I'm doing that less mm-hmm. than I used to. Um, I would say that I have enjoyed uh, The Holy Post. Yes. What a fantastic podcast. So that's mm-hmm. Phil Vischer. Uh, if you don't know, he was the voice behind VeggieTales. Yes. From VeggieTales fame. Maybe you didn't know his mind is incredibly sharp. Um, and then he's also with Sky Jathani mm-hmm. on that podcast. And they cover some great, great things. And what I love about that is it's usually kind of more of a bite size in its time frame. Um, but they're usually hitting the significant topics of the day. And as evangelicals, I trust them um, to give kind of a broad um, view and perspective of many of these challenging things within our culture. And I think they help just help me I often will go there as kind of a first place to start mm. thinking about yeah. what are other smart believers uh, think about some of these things? How do they articulate some of the categories to be thinking about such things? Um, because I think a lot of what we're walking in right now as followers of Christ in our culture, um, there's no one place that I think you can turn and say, oh, that's easily answered. Like a lot of this stuff I think is highly nuanced and um, it really does take a, a deep reflection. So um, I know that that has been really important. Um, the Bible Project's awesome. Hunter, I'm going to let you talk about that because he's your boy. Um, and then the other thing I would say, you heard this from my wife on the podcast last week, but my wife is a researcher. Yes. And so she finds um, academic um, lectures and things from all over the place on specific topics. And I find that really helpful because when I'm thinking about something or something's happening, um, you know, she'll be like, oh, you should listen to this or um, uh, it'll it'll just be like, hey, he- here's here's something you need to listen to. And yeah. I think it's really helpful because I'm not a natural researcher. So that's a, a tremendous gift to me. Cool. That's great. Rochelle? Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple of people who have been um, – yeah, just like listening to their thoughts and um, understanding of scripture have been really um, just helpful for me. Uh, one of them being um, Albert Tate. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, just doing really, really profound things. Um, I really enjoy listening to Eugene Cho. Um, I think he's out of or was in Seattle. I don't know that he's at church anymore but isn't he, a, isn't he a covenant guy he is a covenant guy West is a covenant guy. church um and then i really really like jackie hill perry um yeah she's <laughs> yeah i i don't know i like her um she wrote the book um oh gosh gay girl good god right mm-hmm. um but she also i mean in recent years has has done just a lot of really cool books um she did a study of jude and um a book called holy talking about god's god being holy and what does that mean mm-hmm. um so i don't know I, I kind of just like a to listen to a spectrum of people who have right. maybe even slightly different theological positions um i think there's a lot that i can learn from lots of different people so i'm all for um, that yeah and garrick mentioned it for me beyond anything else is the Bible Project. Um, If you don't know what the Bible Project is, it's basically two guys, Dr. Tim Mackey and his his compatriot, John, Mm -hmm. John Collins, uh, as they kind of run their website, which is the Bible Project. They do free 
videos and courses to help people see that the Bible is a unified story that all leads to Jesus Christ. And the podcast is them working out what they're going to do for the video. So it's a little confusing sometimes when you have seen the video out and then, you know, eight weeks later they do a podcast about it, but it just, cause you know, it takes a long time to make these videos and it's really interesting. And I, you know, I went to seminary and we all, you know, we went to Bible college and stuff and I can honestly say I've probably learned more the Bible project through the Bible project and through the things that they've recommended to me than I did like in seminary. And I just think it was the way it's the way that they present all the information and the way that they recommend information and, mm-hmm. and the guests they get on their podcast. So it's great. And if you want to like get really nerdy with them, uh, their stuff on the day of the Lord really profoundly mm-hmm. changed me. Um, and then also just Tim's stuff on what the Bible is and how to read the Bible is really, 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 really good. So I love the Bible project. And I also have been really loving just like everybody else in Christian world, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, which is super intense and definitely not the space to discuss it. But, um, Mm -hmm. if you were, uh, you know, in an evangelical church in the past 10, 15 years, you know, the impact of Mars Hill and Mark Driscoll, you have felt it, whether you realize it or Mm -hmm. not. And this podcast is really fascinating to kind of peel behind the curtain and say, what was happening in culture? What was happening in Christianity? And what was God doing through this church that had a magnificent fall? You know, it had a huge rise and a magnificent fall overnight. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really interesting. You know, kind of like trigger warning, like it's not easy to listen to. Like if you're wanting to podcast to listen to with your family, (laughs) this maybe isn't it. But it's the opposite of miracle. It's the opposite. (laughs) That should be called tragedy. That should be called tragedy. Well, anyway, you know, it's not a tragedy is that we have some more questions to get to that we will get to next week. So thank you for listening to the Coastline Covenant podcast and we will see you next time.